Welcome to the Marketing Intern Spotlight. A marketing intern is a listener who's spreading our message authentically. Hear their story, their passion, and their journey. Enjoy. All right, so I haven't listened to your podcast yet, but I need to. Oh, the, yeah, the radio episodes. Yeah, how are those going going? They're very amateur right now. We're like on the eighth, well, going to be releasing the eighth episode on like Sunday before the like, Game of Thrones. There you Game go. Game of Thrones is a huge topic on the radio episodes where please shut up. Just like we we chop it up with Game of Thrones. We can do it for hours. Oh, like, yeah, easily. We try to like limit it to like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Smart. a segment. But yeah, we talk a lot of Game of Thrones, just like whatever we're like passionate about, like sports, media stuff, like film, television, music, hip hop topics, even like cultural topics. Like um, AC is on there a lot and he, he was talking about um, like psilocybin and how it can help mental health. And yep. we we're talking with my buddy Frankie about that and that's becoming like a thing now like nyu and johns hopkins are like literally talking about how like magic shrooms can help mental health and i was like oh yeah this was like a new topic to me but what oh, we're talking know? about on the podcast is like, there you well, go this is like a cultural thing and the conversation is going to be they're uh, legalizing around. they're legalizing or the legalized to legalize shrooms is on the bill in denver it's for this crazy. upcoming year yeah it's crazy to be nuts if you listen to rogan with like michael pollan Hamilton, yes, Hamilton yes, Michael Morris. Pollan. How to change your mind? The How book. How to change your mind? I bought that book for my sister for her birth, or for uh, <laughs> Christmas actually? this year. I bought books for my whole family. I bought that concussion book from Merrill Hodge for my dad because, like, oh, yeah? dude's got fucking concussions. And then my sister, <laughs> my sister, I bought the How to Change Your Mind because she's a psychology major and like wants to go into psychedelic oh, psychology sure, and like yeah, help yeah, people yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And oh, dude, that book is insane. It looks. I I just flipped through real quick and I was reading a page. And he was like ex- describing some experience that he had, and I was like, "Whoa, this is next level stuff." <laughs> but is. if it can be beneficial to like people with mental health and stuff like that, then absolutely, it's something that you know the government should look into regulating and you know just like mandating. Have like you? That. Do you know kind of the history behind like psychedelics at all? Not really. So no. in the like 1960s, they used it a little bit, and it um as like PTSD kind of help aid. And they were worried about that was when like weed was starting to come up as well. And they used or Nixon or some administration like put made all those drugs schedule one because it was totally destroying the pharmaceutical industry. Right. So they started like I don't think they started the dare program, but they started a program that made weed the gateway drug to like other psychedelic psychedelic type drugs. So pretty much put all of these drugs off the map made them all illegal, and then it wasn't really until about 10, 15 years ago when these Michael Pollans and these chemists started doing more research and finding and really recognizing this all happening. Dennis McKenna and and his brother Terrence McKenna are like the found, not the founding fathers, but the, those kind of characters, the pillars pillars of this whole movement. And uh, Dennis lives in St. Paul. He lives he, in Minnesota. Yeah, he's like, yeah. but he's he good studied, friends with. He uh, studied all the psychedelic drugs yeah. at Hamlin. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And uh, so they have this. So stationary astronaut, like him and Dennis, are really good friends, and they go down to Costa Rica and um, other places in South America, Peru, in, in Peru, yeah, Peru. Mm-hmm. and they do <laughs> take and they water. take the uh, <laughs> they take the ayahuasca brew together, and they see that stuff is. <laughs> crazy to me like crazy it's insane I, 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 like the experience that like, people like the way they describe it 
if they can in words because like they can barely use words to describe their experiences but like i think it's just like next level type of journeys that they yeah. go mm-hmm. on right what they so talk like, about when they're like like di- deep in it or diving deep into like the ego that's yes. what blows my mind the most is like the release of ego and the release of like judgment mm-hmm. and having like those preconceived um just perspectives and you like the ayahuasca or whatever the whole experience like just and like you have like an out-of-body experience it removes that ego that judgment yeah. that yeah. guilt that shame away from you and you just see life yeah. and you see the other person across from you as just like in the now and i was right. like yeah, I want that, but like ayahuasca, I don't know if that's like how I'm gonna achieve exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, do I want to do something like ayahuasca? And they were saying like after like they you know come out of their journey or their experience, like they're just so much more humble and like every single time they see life in like a different light, different perspective. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's just like, do you have to do ayahuasca? <laughs> do you have to? You definitely it, it don't. Challenges, but, it challenges it challenges your curiosity, especially mine. Like mm-hmm. I definitely want to start with like like a maybe a microdose or something yeah. just to see how it all kind of works because of the curiosity again right but yeah dude ayahuasca is like a whole other yeah we level. were talking about the microdosing i think in silicon valley they were microdosing like a little bit back in like the 2000 back in like when like apple and stuff was getting started and all those startup companies in silicon valley like the boom and they were microdosing a little bit before they go to work you know and it kind of like stimulated like the engineers and analysts mind when they're working on their codes and algorithms mm-hmm. and so like um that was another like thing i didn't know i was like microdose and like uh you want to explain microdose <laughs> like what is that yeah right? but um yeah it's so interesting it's so interesting i think it's gonna be cool to see like how that you know shapes like our culture in the future you know mm-hmm. moving into the 2020s i think the 2020s are gonna be nuts it is there's gonna be some changes <laughs> life's gonna be different and we're gonna be growing like right in the thick of it that's when yeah. we're going to be evolving yeah. as just humans our brains fully developed at 23 so now we're going um <laughs> is but, that true yeah it's that's 23 is when it's like been fully developed at that all right point. here yeah. we go fellas <laughs> that's what, what'd you learn today um but jesse speaking of humility you've been one of the most humble guys the past four years when we've been able to experience battling. So? oh yeah battling on the gridiron man and uh it's been awesome to be a part of that and to be a part of just that community. And now we're staying together through that and just growing. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And um, it's awesome to have you here on the Back Pocket Podcast. It's awesome to be here, man. Yes. It's awesome to be here. I was just telling Deck, I wanted to come on the Back Pocket since like episode two when Brian came on. When Brian, he's like, yeah, Brian. I remember like the next day I saw Brian. I was like, yeah, what did you do last night? He's like, oh, I was at Declan's for, and, and Andrew's for the Back Pocket. I was like, the Back Pocket? You mean like the podcast that they just started? He's like, yeah. I was like, I want to get on that. Mm-hmm. Like, tell him to get me on there, <laughs> right? And I and then like the first one was like with Mal Jensvold, right? Yeah. And like you guys, it was like the Valentine's Day thing, and like you guys were just chopping it up, just having fun. But then like it's evolved into this like you know networking, you know, just very like almost like more business minded like podcast, and like it's been cool to just see it boom. Really. Um, didn't know like how it would turn out at first, like how like you know it would go, mm-hmm. but like seeing like what it's evolved into has been very impressive, honestly. Like, so Appreciate shout out to that. you guys. Thank you. Yeah. you shout out to become... Brian Steinspear too. Yeah. Yeah. Brian. You know, I, 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 was, I was talking to Brian on like the Instagram DMs. I was like, Brian, like I need to visit you in Chile. Like I need to get out, get down to South America. My sister went to South America last year. She said it was like awesome. She went to like Argentina and Chile. And she said it was awesome. I was like, Brian, like, will you have me? He's like, of course, bro. Like, I will have you. <laughs> you know, he runs his own podcast. Yeah, Sobre uh, Mesa, right? Sobre Mesa podcast. Yeah, Sobre uh, Mesa. Sports? Sports podcast. Yeah. It's in Spanish, so it's like, 
I can't, can't, can't really tune in, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He does it with like a buddy. And yeah. are they still running it? I think so. Okay, I think so. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot because I used to see a lot of posts about it. So I've, I've definitely seen significantly less. But yeah. Um, so let's talk about you, man. Like your please shut up media that kind of came out of nowhere about please, a, what yeah. a year ago. A year ago, yeah. Okay. Please shut up media it started like in March, late March, when I was working in New York um, for Deloitte and. You know, basically, I think there was two things that inspired me to do it. Um, one was Alan Yang, and two was a book I read called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And for uh, if you don't know who Alan Yang is, he's a, he's a producer and screenwriter. He was the one that wrote – he was a big writer on Parks and Rec. Okay. He's a big okay. writer on Parks and Rec. He went to Harvard, was studying biology, and, you know, he was like – biology, like, you know, he comes from an Asian family. He's um, – comes from Asian family and his um dad is a doctor his dad kind of like the whole like African dad Asian dad like you're gonna be a doctor like right mm-hmm. you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be a doctor and so he's studying biology at Harvard super smart dude really good at science and math but he didn't really like science like it wasn't fulfilling him and um he's like he, what he was really into was comedy and like and writing right he, he liked to be like uh like he wanted to be like a comic writer so he started writing for the Harvard Lampoon which is like the school newspaper or magazine where they, and he was writing like jokes on there from there him and his boys were like hey let's start a blog like let's just like make each other laugh the original reason why they started the blog was just to like make each other laugh like let's just write jokes and bash sports journalism they called it firejoemorgan.com and he started with michael Schur. michael Schur was he's michael Schur was a writer for the office so um you know, they started this blog, Fire Joe Morgan, and it kind of blew up. Like, Sports Illustrated named it, like, one of the most influential sports blogs of the 2000s or something like that. And, but, you know, they didn't, they weren't making money from it. And, you know, after, like, reading more on Alan Yang and reading what he's done, he, then he co-created uh, Master of None, the Netflix original with oh, yeah. Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, he met Aziz Ansari through Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, before parks before parks and rec he went to south he was on south park writing for south park so all of this all these opportunities um you know that he was doing with his passion came from just you know going off the beaten old path of you know become a doctor even though you're, he was super good at science and could have been a doctor like he's smart enough for it he was at harvard studying biology he was like this is not he had to ask himself those like hard questions like what do i really like to do what am i passionate about what is really exciting to me and for him, it was comedy and producing and writing, screenwriting. And so that's what he did. And he, you know, he kind of launched his career in writing and screenwriting through a blog. And so that, I thought that was really cool. That and a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which is basically basically about, you know, fighting your inner creative blocks. And just like um, he talks a lot about resistance, like like the only way to honor your true self is to find your your true purpose and your the only way you're gonna do that is to beat resistance and that fear and like you know there's there's a lot of creativity in a lot of us but we are there's a lot of resistance there's a lot of distractions in the world and he talks a lot about that he talks a lot about um you know history greek history and all these major players in greek history he talks about his own story and writing he talks about all these examples about how people have overcome resistance to just achieve what their true purpose in life and achieve their creative passions and follow their dreams and all that. So I read that book. I I was reading on Alan Yang, watched Alan Yang stuff. Al, obviously, Al, Alan Yang is a beast now. He he produced Crazy Rich Asians, the the feature film. He did that, yeah. So he's just I mean he was uh 
he was invited to Jay Z's listening party. Like he's you know he's a he's Hollywood the man. he's a Hollywood <laughs> player now. Like and he just and that would have never happened if he would have never started a blog. And the blog was just that first step. A blog was just that first step. It wasn't his business. He didn't have money in mind. You know, a lot of people asked. I was telling Deck of the Twins out, and a lot, a lot of people asked me like, "Yo, so Jess, like, how do you plan on making money from this blog? Like, how, how are you making money right now? Like, and the answer is no, I'm not making money. I've actually put hundreds of dollars into the blog, but received zero. You know, like this is something. This is um, a passion of mine. I'm immersing myself in the culture that I am obsessed with to learn more about it, to master it. And so, when those opportunities and roles in sports and entertainment come in the future. You know, after law school, after, you know, when those when those sports business and sports law opportunities come, then I can say like, hey, you know, I love this stuff. Look at Please Shut Up. This is what I've, I've, I've been talking about on these radio episodes with my friends. We've been talking about these topics. I've been writing on these topics. I've been researching these topics. I, you know, like I love this stuff. Look at these hundreds of articles that we've written. I've edited articles. I've uh, collaborated with, you know, I, last year I shot like a little promo with like uh, like a couple models, but I never like aired it just because it wasn't produced right but you know i was really like trying to like just put out this brand that i created and i was really proud of it. i am really proud of it mm-hmm. even if it's not profitable and it doesn't have to be profitable right away i think people when people have that you know sense of like oh this this needs to make money right away like it's not gonna happen that way you just have to be obsessed with it you have to you have to have a passion for it before mm-hmm. the, the money will come on its own honestly yeah it will come on its own but you at, like first you have to learn about the culture that you want to be a part of and that's it right you got to learn about it and y- you can show all of this that you've done right when you're done with law school and maybe this opportunity comes up you can show to employers or to um, a friend that might be have a connection in the industry saying hey this is what i've done right but really this is what i've learned and this is how I, i've evolved my mind when I was going through all of this and I was trying to master law school and like create this profession, I would spend this much time and I put this much effort without any intention of making a dime. Absolutely. And your brain just soaks that shit in and you can, you're just, you have been, ele- you elevate yourself above everyone else right. with just trying to push yourself in that manner. I mean, you're speaking to the guys that do that every day. We right. do it every day. Yeah. And that's why like, when we were talking, that fires me up, it fires me up when we were talking about this last week. And I think what you got to do is you got to change how you think about profitability, right? It's not profitable in dollars and it's certainly not really profitable in your time, right? Right. You're spending all this time and then like people will spend five seconds. Exactly. Five seconds. Exactly. But if that, if that, but once it actually probably, right. If that, (laughs) fuck, God damn it. I'm not going to talk about that anymore, but like, um, look at it as profitable to your own well being. Exactly. Like, dude, that's why it's a great passion. It's a passion project. That's what it starts out and you just seed it and you grow it and you try and just cultivate whatever that is. And it's always evolving. You get to take the path that you want to want to make it. And, you got to just kind of stay patient with it. You got to stay consistent yes, with it. Consistency. Oh, it's Persistence, amazing. Persistence, patience. I mean, obviously, like, do I, do I imagine, do I want to be profitable in this, in this industry in sports entertainment one day? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do realize that, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, sense of paying your dues. There's a sense of learning. There's a sense of mastering what you're, you're talking about before you can go in and just try and make dollars from it right and you know i have a dream or or a vision at least to start an agency as a sports entertainment agency and you know with clients the first question they're gonna be like so why can you consult me on how i can better reach 
we um i talk a lot about the multicultural millennial that's like the target demographic that's going to be the face of america is the multicultural millennial you know by 2042 the u.s census bureau says that the majority will undoubtedly be um you know multi the minority mm -hmm. the current minority will undoubtedly be the majority by 2042 and it's us it's our age people that right. will have that yes right mm -hmm. so that's going to be the new target demographic and so if you're consulting um a business on how to better reach that multicultural millennial like well, well are you you claim your culture like how how are you culture though you know how are you culture and you can look back on please shut up and the work that we've done with please shut up and you know the things that we've talked about the topics we cover and you know, that's something that you could show then a client. They're like, oh, wow, I, you are pretty knowledgeable on this topic, you know? Okay, okay. Oh, wow, you you went to graduate school. Okay, cool. Okay, I trust you now. You're credible, you know? So it's kind of building that credibility as well um, before you can just go in. And don't even I love the entrepreneurship. Like, I'm all about the entrepreneurship life and young folks getting after it with their businesses like at like 19, 18. Like, I think that stuff's impressive, mm -hmm. you know? They can just like get up and just start doing what they love and just make money right away. That's awesome. But um, I think in the long run, it's a lot more beneficial to um, people when you can master what you are um, talking about, what you're passionate about, and master the culture that you're in, um, that being the industry that you're a part of. So, um, you know, please shut up. Like you said, passion project, passion project. And, you know, it's a blog. It's a podcast now with, you know, just about eight episodes. We're rookies in the podcast. Hey, but guess what? You 90% episodes don't make it past episode seven. So you're up. Is that right? That is right. 90% oh, wow. of podcasts. There yep. are 50, 550,000 podcasts Both on the iTunes. Barrier? Mm hmm. Wow. 90% of them don't make it past seven. I like that. Stat. So congratulations. Stat of the day. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Yeah, to awesome. Please shut up media. Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. It's fucking nuts. What's uh what's the setup like? Just out of curiosity. Oh my gosh. So the setup <laughs> The setup is like just like so um I'm in a like a condo, like a, a condo unit and we have like a big open like living room, dining room area. Um so there's a table there and we just kind of um do it at the table and you know sometimes we have you know, we've had two to three guests or two to three people on the podcast, maybe we're running two mics. Um you know, obviously this setup is, you know, professional. Like it took two years to figure out. It's right? awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. I love it. And you know, it's it's you got the setup correct, but ours is very amateur, very rookie. We're still figuring it out. It's, there's technical problems every week. There's oh yeah. Technical problems oh, yeah. Every week, <laughs> like, and like you know, sometimes it's like, oh gosh, like what am I even doing this for? But you have to, you know, going back to the cliche, like remember why, remember mm -hmm. why you're doing it, remember your passion. Don't want to be cliche, but it's true. You know, that's the answer. So um. Yeah, it's we do it in like the living room, dining room area, and it can be kind of frustrating sometimes, just with you know background noise and all that. Like, um, definitely at my next place, want to dedicate like a space to, to you know, kind of a little like cove to record mm -hmm. and trap podcast. the sound in. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I think that's important, and um, it's important to the listeners as well because if they hear background noise and all that stuff they're like oh well is this person serious about this like this sounds yeah. very amateur this sounds very unprofessional so mm -hmm. um yeah it's you know we we work with what we got we work with what we got and it's the content that speaks volumes. yeah it's it's fun it's fun it's really fun and i think it's like uh we do it like once a week and it's just like a way for us to kind of just get together speak about what we love speak about our passions and 
just learn learn stuff while we're talking about it too i give you mad props too because there are so many people that come on this show and like i want to start a podcast i just don't i just don't have the time or (laughs) i want to start a podcast i don't know where to start and they we literally look at them like grab your phone and talk into it and anchor put on anchor because (laughs) that's it (laughs) it'll kick it out everywhere and now you have your own podcast yeah you can go as far as buy a mic and Mm -hmm. put it in your kitchen Mm -hmm. and record a podcast there it's so simple but people freak out and then you have technical errors and there are things that come up and it's like ah what the fuck am i doing but then in the end the reality is like i'm having fun and i love putting this content out and i've always wanted to do it so mad props yeah Yeah, there's not enough time there's not enough time in a day like Mm -hmm. No one has time. There's not, there's not enough time. You have to make time, though. You know, working full-time, you know, and then doing podcasts on the side and then writing as well. Like Running a social media. It, it, all that stuff. You wear all you the know, hats, like, dude. It's like, wh- why am I what, – what is, what is going on? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why am I doing this? But, like, you feel like there's so many – polls in terms of like what's going on in your life you're like maybe i should just focus on my work maybe i should just go to my job eight to four nine to five maybe get a neck or a little workout in and then just be done but is that is that all you're gonna do with your life like is that all you want to do like i have a lot of family and friends that are just like so content with just oh, i'm gonna go to work um you know uh i might i might get a workout in and then Maybe I'll watch some Netflix and, you know, I'll be done. And then it's start like, it all over again. It, yeah. With the, with the life that you're given, you, you don't want to do more. You don't want to be great. You know, that's good. That's really good. Staying out of trouble, going to work, maybe getting a little exercise in, watching your favorite show. Good life. But, but we're here to, to live great lives, to live our best life. And that's what I'm trying to do with, like, you know, please shut up. I just, like, had to start on the side because I was working in New York last year. And I was doing the 9 to 5 in New York. It's just like, oh, my God, like. I'm I'm getting caught up in the the rat race, the trap, you know, the maze. Like I, I'm not, I don't feel, you know, fulfilled. And life after football, man, it's it's weird. It's so very weird. weird. Spending 13 years of your life, it is. It's it's weird. And mm-hmm. you and we hear about it all the time. You know, like the alumni come in, like guys, cherish your stuff. You know, uh, I, I would pay so much money to get back and shoulder pads. And you're just like you're sitting there on a knee, like all right, guy, like yeah, whatever. And then it happens to you. You know, you do, you do the banquet, and then you, you you officially are done with football, and, like, you graduate from school, and it's like, wow. Like, there is a void. There is something that needs to be filled, right? And so... Um, and now you're out in New York, right after graduation? Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, I started at Deloitte in 20, or October 2017, and then was put on that project in Jersey City, New York, um, in February. So I was there for, like, until June, so about you know, four or five months. And, you know, it was it was a very cool experience for work, but there was something else I felt that was missing, you know. And, you know, after, you know, reading up on Alan Yang, like I said, reading up Alan Yang, reading books on the, the War of Art, I read a book called Unlabeled by Mark Echo. He started um, Un- Echo Unlimited yeah. and, uh, you know, the clothing company and um, uh, Complex. He started Complex. Oh, yeah. Did he? Oh. yeah, he did. And, um, you know, he's talking about, like, building a brand and, you know. Obviously, Mark Echo and all these people, they had, they had other things going on in their lives, but they also did other things, other passionate things that they were things that they were passionate about. And so I think it's like the same way with like income, like you make income and you you put your money into different places. You put it into investing in income, you put it into savings. He's like, you have to put your time to different places as well. You know, you know, 
mental health, reading books or physical health, working out your work. You have to make earned income as well and investing stuff like that, you know? So it's like put your time into different things. And um, I think it's very crucial to put your time, you know, dedicate some time into things that you are passionate about, whatever it may be, like whatever it may be. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's kind of nuts too with filling that void from football because football is so challenging every single day. Um, and you, and we all know that grind too, but it was just, you showed up every single day. And even for like me personally, it was just like, you're not getting any playing time. You're on the scout team. Like, why are you actually doing this? Your why was challenged mm-hmm. all the time. We talk about the why, you know, and it's, and it, it really cultivates itself and it should be kind of this more loose term, this loose path that you follow. And that was always so eye opening to me because I, you know, I did it for you guys. I loved the, being on the team. I loved right. actually challenging myself. I saw a ton of value in that. And now I just take those kind of things. Right. And I do that with my free time after work. I listen to people ha- um, tell their stories at least once a week. I go and work out like yesterday. My, my three mile run turned into a seven and a half mile run. Really? Cause yeah. Of Io. Cause of Io. Cause I was like, fuck, Io, Io, yeah. I wouldn't mm-hmm. turn around was, right I here. I would. I was like, I would be sitting out there. <laughs> yes, running. Bro, that man's crazy. Yeah. But he was in my head, bro. Like I literally was running like around Lake Calhoun and I usually just kind of turn around and not run around the whole lake. I was like, fuck Yo, it, dude. I'm it. just going to run let's around the whole it. thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like that challenge. And then I took the step like with comedy and I was just like, I'm going to challenge myself. I want to try I that saw out. All that man. That's awesome. That you know how brave you have to be to like get up on stage and start telling jokes. Like you have to keep on going. Like I, yeah. you have to keep on going, especially if you're passionate about it. He, I, he shows passionate. up every Thursday and puts his name in the list, and they only pick ten people. Oh yeah. And like, how many times have you been? Probably fifteen, twenty. Yeah, I've been fifteen, twenty. I've and gone you got twice. twice. Yeah. So he just goes and you put your name on the list, and it's open mic, and you, it's just a funnel, and you just. Uh, the owner Corey just picks mm-hmm. the list and is this at Acme? Um, this is Sisyphus, Sisyphus. right, oh, Sisyphus, right over okay. here, um, a little brewery. Yep. And I mean, it's it's the coolest thing because everyone goes up there and they're just trying their ass off and like it's a it's the comfortable vibe of like you if you're not trying you're gonna get booed off the stage if you're just going up there bullshitting right because they can tell right away. But if you're trying and even if you're bombing and you're trying and trying like the crowd will try to hype you up right and. It's fucking hard, dude. Yeah, like, sure. Oh. I've heard Minneapolis is a great place to kind of like um, Try do out. comedy. Yes, though, it is. Because, you know, it's pretty open-minded mm-hmm. uh, audience. and But that's so cool. Like, I, I like my favorite comic uh, is Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And Did you see him when he came here? I didn't. I, uh, he was yeah. doing a varsity theater, right? Yep. Oh, my God. I yeah, we to go blew so that. Bad. We should have gone. I wanted to go so bad, but... I couldn't work it. I couldn't work it out. I couldn't get someone to go with me too. So sure. I think tickets were going for like one sixty though. They were, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get anyone to go with me. So, but um, I've always wanted to low key like get on stage one day and just like try and tell a couple of jokes. Just see, just see what it'd be like. You know, just like something like that is is really cool to me. Like that's awesome that you're doing that. It's a it's a craft in itself, but at the same time, you really have to commit yourself to like failure because. Yeah. The failure is is tough and everything, but it's so eye opening to under like when you tell that one joke in a crowd of eight people and you get like two people to laugh because you're like, oh shit, like that was funny. Yeah. Okay, I got it. And then you like that consistent practice of, you know, knowing the delivery, knowing the energy you have to bring, and then knowing how that's gonna make someone feel and your confidence in that too. Like you can go up and tell a joke, and if you're just like 
you're unsure about it, people right. are going to be unsure about it. Right. So, how, do you, how do you feel on stage though? Like how, what are you feeling? I are you, are you feeling excitement, everything, yeah. nervousness. It's, it's that flip of the switch of going from that nervous energy, kind of like, um, football, like you're nervous before the game, you're, yeah. you're building up, build up, build up. And yep. then that second, that first play where you take on the yep. fullback and it's like, fuck, here we are. Yep. That's what it feels yeah. like. You, yeah. you hit that stage, you hit that mic, you pull the mic out of the thing and you're like, Hey everyone, my name is Declan Brown. And then you just, you know, I always set my first line, my first like 10 words has to make, bring the fucking energy or set the tone or do something. Right. So once I have that, then I, that's like my first hit on the fullback. Yeah. And then from there, it's just like, all right, let's read the crowd and crack let's go. The fullback. There crack you go. The crack the fullback. That's awesome though. Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. It's fun. I got to get out to a show. Like, yeah. Let me know when Every Thursday I'll go. Yeah. It's no guarantee that I get on, but I'm slowly starting to do like shittier mics on the side and then just telling everyone to keep going to Sisyphus because even if I don't get on at Sisyphus, it's still a really fun time. There's some really, really good comics oh, yeah. where you can just show up, have a couple of beers yeah. and like, it's really, I like the scene is very eye opening to a lot of people and people don't just go to open mics. They go to like a Chappelle or they, they'll go to a Delia or something, right. but they never go to like an open mic and see kind of what's below, what's, yeah, what's the beneath, the, what's beneath the surface. Yeah. And they're still amazing. That's where all the big time comics start, you know, they and they still go yeah. and they still go. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like if Joe Rogan ever comes in town for like a UFC fight night, if he does open mics in the city, like bef on before his shows, Ooh. do you think he ever would do that? I don't think so. Yeah, he's way too big, right? Yeah. Way too big. He, yeah. Uh, but Chappelle, like, he talks about Chappelle all the time, and he talks he about how Chappelle, Chappelle just yeah. loves and just going to open mics, and he'll just show up oh, random yeah, places. Just randomly. Kevin Hart talked about it, too, how he does that. And Kevin Hart's the biggest of the big right mm -hmm. now. He brings in the most money out of any comedian out there right now. Dude, he's so nuts. So rich, man. He works his <laughs> ass off. He's always doing something. Mm -hmm. Right. He's always doing something. Um, I'm curious... Um, and I'm going to gas you up here for a second. Gas. The football aspect was like where we bonded and that's how I got to know you. And I, when I just mentioned that you, I saw you as a humble person and you kind of were like, really? And I was, and I, <laughs> and I just want to, I want to reaffirm that for you. Um, being a year younger and on the defense, just trying to like train my mind to have that confidence to perform on a football field. I struggled with for three years sure. and it did not click until I was a senior. Sure. And that's when I finally like made special teams and I was backing up Isaac and uh, Fonda. Yeah. When they got injured, I was the next guy in yep. uh, me and Jordy and Doomer. It was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. With that confidence aspect came from just like observing and people like you and uh, Charlie and Dom Tracola, right. like these guys played with passion, but they also just had so much confidence yes, in them yes. and that, and you never, and you can probably, you might go the other way and say, I never saw it let get into your head to where you're not going to perform at that high level anymore. Right. You knew you had to come out with some fucking fire and some just ferociousness right. to elevate your game every time. Sure. And in the biggest of moments, that's when you would do that. Yeah. And that's where I see the humility aspect. Sure. Yeah. So that makes a lot that's of sense. me gassing you up. And I, I appreciate the gas. That was, that was <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's, I mean, in football, especially in all sports, you have to, you know, perform confidently if you're going to be successful. Um, I try to, at St. Thomas, especially, I tried not to let, you know, uh, my, our success on the field, you know, get to my head in terms of in, in my personality. I tried to be, keyword try to be exactly. as humble as possible outside of football and just be respectful of people and you know and and try and not be like arrogant like an arrogant football i didn't last thing i wanted to be was that 
arrogant linebacker that much at the same time, blah, blah, blah. Like, but, um, you know, when you're in the game, when you're playing the sport, you have to be, you have to ooze confidence. You have to know your role and you have to do it at 10,000 speed, mm-hmm. you know, like 10,000%. So, um, that's really cool that you share that with me. I would have not, never known that. Yeah. Never, never told me that. Well, and from like my perspective, it was always so like, you're an insanely freak of an athlete dude like you were you played the outside linebacker position exactly how coach k wants someone to play that position dude. i love coach k <laughs> that coach guy k. dude i love seeing him at um at the twins outing too we spoke and dude he yeah he is major influence in my life just like one of the best coaches i've ever had like the a lot of, a lot of the a lot of reasons why i was the player i was was because of him like he he taught the position in a way that was just like he made you into like an animal like he he was so like ferocious and so intense with his you know coaching and like you know there was one week uh, i think it was gustavus gustavus running backs like cut a lot you know they would just like go at your knees try to cut you we were practicing jumping over bags like he's like all right guys this week we're gonna run full speed and jump over this running back he's like coach like i was like coach like is that a little bit dangerous like he's like just trust me just trust me and we're practicing this, like we're running full speed at a bag, and he would chuck a bag at you, and you have to jump over it. Yeah, it's like, and the whole week you're thinking, okay, um, I have to be prepared to run at somebody full speed. You know, ask, ask Dylan Andrew. I saw Dylan Andrew do it at full speed, run at someone full speed, and jump over them, like hurdle them, to get to a quarterback. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. like, but like it goes back to that confidence thing. It's like you have to be a confident player to accomplish a task like that. Like a coach is asking you to do this, you have to do it. You know, and that's one of the things with sports. Like, I think one of the greatest things is just making your coach happy. Like, if you make your coach happy, like, you're happy. Like, at least that's how I was. Like, at the end of the day, like, if my coach was happy with, like, my performance, with if he was happy with the team, like, we did our job. Exactly. Like, we're good. Yep. Like, Coach K is happy. Coach Cruz was happy. Like, we're, I'm happy. Like, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know what's cool, too, though, is um, it doesn't, like, that confidence just isn't always there right away. Like Andrew said, three years and then senior year, boom, it's there. But – like I always think back to like coming in as a freshman and like your confidence is, was there from your high school, but then it just gets totally put to ashes no, you're when you show up. Just, yeah. No, yeah no, right. God. And it's, <laughs> yeah. and that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, everyone has that type of moment. Right. Yeah. And it's all just like, they're trying to really make you know that, Hey, you're going to have to earn it here. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to find your way. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff, and you've already shared plenty of examples that we've taken away from St. Thomas football, where like we're bottom of the barrel now here in our lives, and we got to find a way to elevate ourselves. Sure. Um, and life's going to hit you hard. It's going to punch you in the face. You're going to have technical issues with your podcast. Yep. You're going to have some struggles at Deloitte sometimes, yep. and you got to find a way to get through it, whether it's a dude next to you um, gassing you up, or you just got that mental fortitude where yeah. you're just going to, I'm going to push through it. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, you know, being a part of the program for four years was just like a blessing. Like I am, I am who I am because of that. Pro- being a part of St. Thomas football and you know all the people I've met, you guys, and you know all the friends that I've made, the brotherhood that it is, it's just you know it was incredible. It's incredible, and I would not be who I am today without what I learned throughout the program. And you know, shout out to like you guys, like working your ass off for you know a couple of years, like you know on the scout team like i have so much respect for those like like scout team players that they just come in and just grind it's like sometimes i ask like sometimes i talk to them so like if i was on the scout team right now like in this weather like i don't know if i would still be playing like 
Like, it's so easy to be like, you know what, coach? Like, it's been a fun ride. Thank you for the opportunity, but I'm done. I've seen tons of friends do it. Tons yeah. and tons of friends do it. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, like, they would tell me before they do, like, yo, like, you know, like, I love you, but, like, I'm done, man. I can't do this anymore. It's it's tough. Yep. And, like, those players that come in and for the betterment of the team, they just come in and just grind. They they just come in and they just they're just they they read the cards and they do the cards you know the i was doing it all freshman year i i was gonna quit i was gonna transfer to like mizzou or minnesota i remember hearing that and i was like yeah i'm i was filling out transfer papers like i'm out of this like school is like i I hate dude freshman freshman year like december like i was like set on leaving st thomas was so done with it was not about it at all J turn comes around and I have so much time to think. I have so much time to think. It was, you know, 30 days to just at home. I wasn't even working J turn freshman year. I was just thinking like, wow, you know, okay, what, what, what do I really want? How do like, what do I want to be? Am I a football player? Do I want to just go to school and party? Like, you know, like what's going to make me the best person that I can be? Like what's going to make me happy? And I was thinking, I was thinking, listening to music, thinking, thinking for like a month and I thought about all the relationships I already built at St. Thomas, and they were powerful. You know, they were they were powerful enough for me to not to leave. You know, you know, I met some incredible people my freshman, uh, my fall semester freshman year. Some incredible people, and I I couldn't leave them. I couldn't leave them. I wasn't gonna leave them. And so I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll at least finish this year off and see how it goes. And you know, the rest is history. Yeah, stayed, it stayed evolved from years. there, and it, and it got better. And the experience of school, like. And you know, football got better and better and better. It only got better from that fall semester freshman year. It was tough. It was very hard, but um, you know, I'm, I don't rem- I don't regret a thing. Like I, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. That's how I operated too. It was like, yeah, I I was in these really unfortunate situations from time to time, and yeah, that that happens to everybody, right? Right. But the when I always thought about like, oh, you know, maybe I should just hang it up or you know, just go and be doing it, do engineering and. I'm already occupied there. I could have given myself a lot of excuses, but it was that regret aspect where it's like I couldn't walk past that football field at 3:30 on a Tuesday and see you guys practicing it and just be you like, alive. Like, it alive. would eat me alive. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. Like it would be so easy to do, but then you think you like you're done with school now. Then you think like, what if I kept on playing? What if I? I, I don't want to be thinking that. Like I'm so glad that I like I stayed and finished. It's so easy to just be like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I quit. Like, you know, it's so easy to do, and it might be, it might even feel more comfortable to do that. You know, it's more, it's just easier. Like, life's just a lot more, less stressful. But like, is it worth it? Is it, is it gonna be worth it in the end? Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. It, I don't think it is. No, it, and it, that people don't realize how often that that thought comes into your head of like, ah, I'm just, I'm done. You know, like yeah. I, I, I put in my time. Um, and it's hard to overcome that on a consistent basis. And you got to talent. You got to be un- You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And one area that you've already mentioned was the you going out to New York. Um, and I mean that must have lit a bit of a bug in you, Cohen, being here in Minnesota for all of your young adult life, and then going there for four or five months, um, and getting like your eyes open to yep. the rat race of New York. Oh yeah, it's a big, big city. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking a lot bigger. You start thinking a lot bigger, and people are. I mean people are running around this city like just always on the move always on the move always on the move and i was just like kind of living in that narrow like work you know maybe work out you know get a workout in and then done but like 
you know li- you know i think geographically like like you just said like geographically like where you are is also going to shape who you become and so um yeah that like new york is a you've been right you guys uh, yeah, have been i've been in new york a few times i've never hey. been in new york oh, you've yeah. never been deck i driven by it Get go over there this summer. Get out to New York. This My sister lives. She goes to Cornell, and she wants me to come visit. Oh, so sweet. I'm a million percent going Perfect. out there. It's gonna be sick. Oh, it's big. It's man. so big, and everything's so tall. Yeah, and it's just vast. Yeah, it takes up everything. It's like never ending. Never ending. Never ending city landscape, and you know people think big there, think bigger. And I, I love Minneapolis. I love, you know, you know, it's my hometown. I consider it my hometown. Although I was born in New Jersey and lived there for the first eight years of my life. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I oh. moved, moved to Minnesota with my family in 2004. Okay. And so um, I haven't always been in Minnesota, but, you know, I, you know, Minnesota adopted me. Like, I love it and love Minneapolis. But I think um, the folks in Minneapolis sometimes um, think a little bit too you know, in the box, they don't think out of the box enough. And there's there's some really great minds in this city, like you guys. You know, you guys started in the back pocket podcast. Like that was a you guys influenced so many people. And I think a lot of people were like, "Holy shit!" Like I want to start a podcast now. And like, yeah. I even had some people text me like, "Hey, like I like your please shut up blog. Like it's kind of like inspiring me. Like, I kind of want to start like uh, drawing, and I kind of want to start getting back into my uh, creative. I'm like, yeah, man, like do it, do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just do it, just start doing it. Like, why not? Why not? And share it with people. And then, like, you'll, I mean, you'll feel good. It's just like anything else. Like, you work out, you feel good. You read, you read a book, like you feel good. Like, you you tap into your creative side a little bit, you feel good. Like, just just start doing it. Like, I love I love inspiring people to like do do positive things for themselves. It's great. It's right. great. And I think that man that really helped me out there like of what the what our definition or what we want to define as like an influencer doing something tapping into their creative side doing what they love and just sharing it with the people they love yeah right that's that that's is what it's about that's what mm-hmm. it's about i mean it's one thing to just do like our like, i mean i see this great i keep on looking at this um who drew this again my brother did Your brother yeah, yeah that's freaking awesome and then uh declan's sister yeah Declan's painted that. sister yeah made that like i keep on looking at this paint like this is awesome like this is like it's making my mind like, <laughs> <it's>, like <laughs> giving all these sorts of ideas but like it's one thing like for your sister to or your brother to make this piece of art right it's one thing to just make it and you look at it you look at it and it's like wow i made this i'm proud of this but it's another thing to share it with people to share it with people i think that's one of the biggest things like i could for like for please shut up i could just like write an article uh, you know put some visual visuals in there make it clean edit it like 10,000 times proofread it 10,000 times and be like oh wow i made this great great piece great wrote this great article but it's another thing to put it out into the world and share it and get people's other like feedback on it get p- other people's thoughts on it and ideas mm-hmm. uh, i wrote i wrote on uh, coach luke walton um Laker, former lakers coach now sacramento uh kings head coach um being accused of sexual assault and I was writing about this article and, um, you know, I, I, I emphasize how it's important for us to also hear Luke Walton's side of the story. I think just as much as uh, the accuser, Kelly Tennant, uh, just as much as Kelly Tennant believed that um, she had to tell her truth, as I also I said, like, I also believe that Luke Walton's story deserves to be told just as much as Kelly Tennant's story deserves to be told. And, um, you know, I had um, a girlfriend you know, hit me up right away. She's she's like, I just read this article. Like, like how, like, are you serious right now? Like, how can you even like, blah, 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 just going off on me. And, and we had a conversation about it and it's an ongoing conversation. And like, that's what I'm looking like. That's like, 
if if I'm starting that type of discussion with people and that we're having that conversation, then I am doing my job. Like that's why I started this thing. Like that type of engagement gets me excited and you know, um, you know, it wasn't like bad blood or anything, but now we're having like, you know, a respectful conversation about, you know, this, you know, like the Me Too movement, the sexual assault things and how it's affecting our culture and not in media with Hollywood and sports. So, um, yeah, and that would have never happened. My whole point is my, that would have never happened if I didn't share the article. Yes. You know, right. So it's important to also share your your thoughts, your art, your ideas with with the world, mm-hmm. your podcast, you know, like it's important. Like you have to do it. You yeah. have to do it. The The book turned into movie into the wild. The last line of that entire movie is true. Happiness is shared. And like that speaks volumes. Like it's, you can be as happy as you'd like inside your own little brain. And that is, that is fulfilling in itself. Um, but once you can share that and other people can be uplifted and rewarded and see the time and the effort and all the passion that you put into it, then that happiness is just even evolved and turned into what you're saying right, right. now. It's yeah, pretty cool. AC, that reminds me, AC just um, tweeted off his like personal like Twitter account. Like he tweeted something along the lines of AC also helps out with like the radio episode. Shout out AC. He does a lot of like the audio stuff for us. But um, he tweeted something along the lines like, "What if this life was all about being happy for yourself? Like, what would you do if if it was just all about being happy for yourself? You know, like what would you really do?" Right. And it was like a mind blowing emoji, because I think what he's trying to get at with that tweet is like, it's not all about you just being happy for yourself. Like you have to also share your hat. Just like you said, share your happiness and spread spread happiness around and make sure the people you care about, the people you love are happy as well. You know, like you want what what is what is being happy if the the people around you aren't happy? You know, like it's it's pointless at that point, Mm -hmm. especially if the people around you are people that you care about. Right. You're not happy then if the people around you aren't happy. So it's like you have to share. You have to share your ideas, share your thoughts, share your art. Amen. And I think it's it's tough too because there are also this other group of people that want to help and like share as much as they possibly can, but they don't look enough inwards to, you know, help themselves. Like are you truly happy with yourself if you're also telling True. other people how to be happy? True. So I, I do think there is a part where you gotta do stuff for you true and do something that's going to make you happy which should be the whole you know scope of what you're doing but at the same time do something that's going to make you happy regardless of the outcome of anybody else yeah i like that a lot i in that i think that's been one eye-opening thing for uh me in this podcast was when we started the back-end show and the back-end show was always tagged to like a a monday episode and we just kind of cut that to highlight more of the guest and then made our own show where it's just us and we get to do what we want and be creative and kind of challenge ourselves to do something that's kind of us. Yeah. And I was kind of uneasy about it for a while because I was just like, this is so opposite of like anything. If you're going to listen to the back pocket Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, you're just like, what the fuck is this Thursday episode type thing? Mm-hmm. But then when we were talking to Corey at Sisyphus uh, the other day, he was like, I love how you guys tailor your podcast to the guest. And that's what we do, right? What, our conversation with Jesse Addo is entirely different than our conversation with Austin Yoakum, but they're also best friends. And like you, you can make that example right. for everybody. But when it's, when it's just like we tailor the podcast to those people, we tailor the podcast to ourselves on Thursday and that's the result. Right. And it's like so much fun. I think yeah, it's amazing. That's truth. That's it's crazy. Truth. 
Blew my mind. Blew your mind. And that's like the thing that we've learned over time. We were average at it first. Takes, yeah, it takes, takes time. time and we grow from there. Yeah. And that's been a huge average quality out of our aspect. Absolutely. I mean, you're looking at two wildly average guys. I know. Exactly. Well, I, I, <laughs> no I, I realize that. Yep. Yes. The cat's out of the bag. You yep. guys are wildly average yep. people. Um, and that brings us to our favorite question, the question we ask all of our guests. It's what's your average quality? Something you do well at times and other times not so well. So, Jesse, <laughs> what's your average quality? Dude. You know, getting this question kind of fucks me up because (laughs) (laughs) as a society, like we always think about like our strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. you know, like what are you really good at? What are you really bad at? You know, Um, but you don't really take the time to think about what you're like, just like dead even at. Like what are you super (laughs) average about? And like, it makes you think like, because I feel like I'm average at a lot of things, but you just like, it's hard to just like kind of like zone in on like on one quality. But like if I were to pick one, I'd probably say like cooking. Like, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm a good cook. I don't think I'm a bad cook. Are you breakfast guy? I like cooking breakfast. Yeah. 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 Like if, I, what, if I were to cook something, I'm, I'm cooking breakfast. That's right? the average quality. Everyone is good at breakfast. Yeah. Yep. But even, even like with that, I don't even eat breakfast like every day. Like I don't, I, I try like. I eat breakfast for dinner. Like the breakfast meal. I eat that for like, dinner. Like I like yeah. breakfast meals. Right. Mm-hmm. But as a practice, like I don't eat breakfast. It's really like, I probably should, you know, I hear it's like. I hear it's like fasting, bad for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm all about the intermittent fasting, like, mm-hmm. but like I hear it's like bad for you, or whatever. Like Adam Thielen got on the commercials, like, "Hey, eat breakfast, guys." And it's like <laughs> that's a big influence. Like, oh, Adam Thielen's telling me to eat breakfast. Like, I better eat breakfast. But <laughs> I'm so bad at eating breakfast. But yeah, back to like the cooking thing. Like I think I'm so average at cooking. But if I'm to cook something, I'm, I'm I like cooking breakfast food for sure. Yeah, that was delicious. I I associated like my average cooking with just time. Like, I could definitely put in the time to, like, learn how to make a really dank shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. Yo, let me fuck up a, a shepherd's pie. It's such a white meal. <laughs> <laughs> shepherd's pie. Yo, is what's a, a shepherd's pie again? It's, it's like, isn't that like, with the, it's like casserole almost, right? Kind of, yeah. It's like ground beef. You can put some seasoning and barbecue in there. Yeah. And then you put mashed potatoes over top of that. And then you put, like, cheese. It's good, though. It's very yeah, good. It's good. And very white. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very white. Very, very white. white. <laughs> Oh man, yo! I love how you just were like, uh, you you preface that with the average quality gets in your head, right? Because no one really takes time to uh, unpack that. And a, a lot of our guests will come on here and be like, uh, "We've had a DJ come on, and they've said my average quality is DJing." Tyler Schmidt said this, really, and he's like, hmm. "Because I want to be so good at it, I right now I'm not where I want to be, and every day I'm trying to improve at it. So I just look at myself That's as an honest. average DJ. That's honest, yeah." It's really cool how people like have embraced the, the no, yeah. average quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about the average quality is, is like your weakness. A lot of times the reality is your weakness will pretty much always be your weakness. Right. Your strength, like you better triple down on it. It's going to always yes. be your strength. But the average quality, the caveat there is it can become a strength. It can. But if you don't do anything about it, it will become a weakness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And some people will choose, and they've even said on a show, like they will um, – delegate their average qualities to other people right because they're like i realize that i'm not it's it's something i can get done but it's it's um, prohibiting me being even more productive and i can get so much more value out of it than to just outsource that shit Mm -hmm. and uh that's been another like eye-opening thing about the average quality but this is a transition is from the average quality that's something you're not not so great sometimes you're a little bit better at it the next question is, what's in your back pocket? And this is something that you carry around in your back pocket all the time, ready to overcome those difficult situations. So, Jesse, what's in your back pocket? Yeah, so 
I would probably say, um, if we're talking a physical thing, it'd probably be a book. And like, I like, like, I love to like read in my free time. I try to read as much as I can when I'm not working or, or doing other things with like, you know, the blog and all that. And uh, I learn a lot from the books. I'm very like, um, particular with the books I order and, um, you know, I, the books I order are very calculated and uh, when I'm trying to like learn a specific thing or, you know, um, when people started approaching me about monetizing, like, please shut up. I, I ordered a book on SEO, started like learning about, you know, search engine optimization and stuff like that and how that can turn into dollars for the blog. Just want to learn more about the topic or I don't read a lot of novels anymore. Although, uh, my favorite book is the Godfather and my favorite movie is the Godfather. Um, that's a fantastic book. If you haven't read The Godfather, read it. It's not a true story, but it is, you know, has all the themes of like love and, you know, betrayal, loyalty. Um, a lot of things my family values um, are in that book, um, except for violence and murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll take, okay, take, take that point. out. Yeah, yeah good point but, about the violence and murder. No, yeah, great, great book. And like, yeah, I would say a, a book or reading is in my back pocket just because, you know, when things get tough, you know, when, when I'm stressed out, um, you know, I open a book. And I, I might even go back to old chapters that I read in the past from books that, you know, I, that I've read, like um, 48 Laws of Power. Like, I open that book up sometimes and read some chapters in there. There's some really good chapters and really, like, intriguing history uh, by Robert Greene and uh, The War of Art, obviously, what pushed me to Start Please Shut Up, ultimately, by Stephen Pressfield. That's another great book, really short book. It's not very long, probably like 200 pages. And, you know, you know, when things, when things, are, when things are going crazy in my life, and, like, it doesn't happen often where things are going crazy, but, like, if I'm feeling, like, stressed out or upset and I just need to meditate on something, I'll, I'll open up a book and just read a few chapters. And, you know, things, I start, I, I feel better after that. That's yeah. awesome. Right Did on. you read books, like, throughout your whole life? No, <laughs> definitely not. No. Same. I played same. a lot of video games. Yeah, I, still, I still play a ton of video games. But um, yeah, I started reading uh, regularly. Um, the summer going into sophomore year at St. Thomas. Okay. Um, came home for the summer, and my older brother was, you know, just about to start law school, or maybe he was in the middle of law school. And he was just like, Jess, you, yo, you like, start reading, bro. Like, you need to start reading. Like, he just like, one day, like, I was just like you know, bullshitting around the house or something. And I don't know what I was doing, but he's like, yo, like, start, re start reading. Like, re read these old books that I read. Like, just, just start reading. And I started with The Firm by, um, I believe it's John Grisham or, yeah. yeah John Grisham? Uh, Tom, thanks, Tom Cruise. Yeah, thanks, Ty. <laughs> For the verification. Um, Tom Cruise, uh, he starred in the movie, uh, The Firm, if you've seen it. But um, The Firm was, it's a novel about, like, a lawyer who gets into this really corrupt law firm and, you know, it was, it's just like, he gets into this like really like crazy firm. That's all about like murder and like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, I read that and it really inspired me. So I'm like, wow, that was like a really good book. And like, I read another one and I read like, um, Dale Carnegie, like how to win friends and influence people. That's a really good book. So many golden nuggets, as you guys would say in that book, mm -hmm. um, really great book and then i just kept on going kept reading reading nice. and like before you know it like i had like a book that i was in the middle of you know all the time like there's not a book that i'm like not reading at, at one point in time like right now i've never read phil knight right now i'm reading shoe dog and i just got that for e my mom sent it to me for easter yeah, yeah like i i've never got around to shoot i always see it like on my friends like counters or like 
um, bookshelves. Yeah, just bookshelves. Like, you know, I always shoot dogs. It's like, in the kitchen. It's the, it's the most Nike. Time. Yeah, it's the Nike book. You know, it's the Nike book. I'm like, oh, Phil Knight. Yeah, yeah. But like, he he's had a really interesting life. Like, he's had a really interesting journey, and it's really cool to see how Nike was created, how it was formed, and um, you know. So I'm reading that right now, and I just got done with Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene. That was a really thick one like 500 two c's man yeah just try to read a law a day and yeah that's sick i think it's i think it's pretty cool so i've been reading now for pleasure since 2014 wow yeah good for you man better late than never though absolutely right and i and just to expand that a little bit like i i was the same way like didn't really want to commit myself to reading throughout high school and then even in college it wasn't really hitting me hitting home until i had this literary villains class yeah. where we literally read like Gone Girl, No Country for Old Men. Ooh, um, that's pretty cool. Dude, we read some like dark books. That's, a, that's pretty cool. And it was just like a 20 page night type class. Yeah. And I was hooked. Yeah. And they're all fictional, right? And then I ended up reading the entire Harry Potter series the last two years. Really? Yeah. And there's a whole story behind that because I went on a J-term uh, fine arts class to London and Ireland. Okay. And it was a theater class. And it was all girls. I was the only guy who signed up. Really? Yeah. And then it was fun. Like, they were all, like, huge into Harry Potter. Like, we went to all the different things, like Station and Three Quarters. And I had no idea what any Station of Station Three Quarters, yeah. Bro, I had no idea what any <laughs> Diagonally. <of> this... <laughs> Diagonally. Exactly, dude. <laughs> I had no idea what any of this stuff was. And so when I got back, I was like, all right, I'm going to read each book, watch a movie after. And so I just finished the series in February. But wow. that got me just, like, so tuned into reading. And now I'm even doing audiobooks, too. So, like... I'll listen to audiobooks, like super, super intellectual audiobooks. And then okay. I'm reading like Tim Ferriss for our work, work okay, week yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. I've been recommending that book. Mm-hmm. Very highly recommend. The yellow but, and black cover, right? Uh, yes. I think so, yeah. yeah yep. yep. Or the four, the four, no, four yellow, uh, work week is like orange and reddish. Yeah, the yellow yeah. tribe of mentors is that one yes, you're talking yes, about. Yeah, tribe of mentors. Yep. That's one of, yep. Mm-hmm. That's a brilliant dude right there. Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss is the guy. Yeah. Books, man. Oof. Andrew, you're getting, you've read some good books, dude. Yeah, I, you're, he's the highlight guy. So he had four hour work week and he got like a hundred pages in, by the way, I passed you up now. Nice. Um, 140, I thought. 140. Yeah. Okay. But it's so, it's funny to read a book after you read it. Cause he like highlights like key stuff in there. Oh really? I, yeah. I write in all okay. my books. Okay. Yo, yeah. the guys That's highlight. That's what's up, man. That's well, what's up. What I do is I'll go back in that book and then I'll put it in a, like a Google doc, everything that I highlighted. I'll just, so I don't have to ever go back in that book. Wow. I'll just put it in a word doc. It's smart. Yeah. That's yeah. That's real smart. And that's all the, the gold nuggets. That's what I take away. I just yeah. put it on quotes and I put the page number on there for everyone to like read more about it. Sure. See, this see the thing with yeah. me and highlighting books. Yeah. I feel like it slows me down. It does. And like, I really want to like just keep on going and like the highlighting slows me down and I'm, I'm kind of like OCD when it comes to like notes and highlighting. Like my highlights have to be perfect. Like my notes, if I make like a mistake when I'm writing notes, like I have to erase it. And fix <laughs> yeah. it. So like it really slows down my reading. But man, that's that's impressive that you do that. Yeah, it takes it. It definitely slows my like I'm not reading as many books as you are, but I try. That's the key part, right? We try. Yes, we try. Um, but this brings us to the final three questions of the conversation. The first one is, um, we love to challenge ourselves on the podcast. Is there anyone that you like to challenge us to get on the our show? Oh yes, um, I would challenge you guys to get. Um, excuse my nepotism, but get my brother Kojo out of the podcast because he is. Uh, is that your older? Yes, my older brother. He the one that encouraged me to start reading. Um, I actually just podcast with him last night, and um, he's a lawyer. Actually, we'll get to see him. In. He's an injury law lawyer. 
And he... What's the firm name again? Schwabel, Getz, and Seaman. Okay. Injury law firm in Minneapolis. And he has a lot of interesting clients. And um, I think his experience as a black attorney in the city of Minneapolis is very unique. And I think you guys can chop it up a little bit and talk about, um, you know, what kind of clients he, the clients he has, like the, he has some crazy stories. Um, he's a great impressionist. So he's, he's, he's very funny. And, um, he's also, you know, kind of after seeing what I've been doing with Please Shut Up in the blog, he's also kind of tapping into his creative side as well. He's, um, a really good sketch artist. I put up a picture of, um, one of his sketches on, uh, the Please Shut Up Media Instagram account and he's getting back into drawing and he's now he's designing clothes and he's getting back into like you know his artsy side which I think is really cool I think you guys can have a really cool conversation um, another person I would say is Grace DeFoya Grace is a sports uh, management major at Iowa and she's kind of been one of my partners with Please Shut Up and on the business side of things and like helping with marketing and I remember when I started the blog back in uh, 28 last year 2018 in the summer she like made like Google Doc like please shut up marketing campaign blah blah, blah. like these are the the influencers the key influencers we need to get to like push this thing out like she wrote like a three page Google Doc on like marketing tactics and public relations and she's really good at like tapping. Uh, she knows how to get reactions out of people through like via Twitter or Instagram. Like she's she's a really good like captionist, <laughs> if you will, if that's a word. Like she really, she's really yeah, she's really good at like captions and like um, she's funny. And so she's been like a very valuable asset to like work with. And she has connections uh, with us uh, for the you know for the blog and the agency in the future in New York and Los Angeles. And I think she could be she could have a pretty pretty, inf- uh, pretty interesting conversation with you guys as well. Sick. Yeah, she's from Iowa, but um, she live around here. Or? She will be here this summer, um, studying for the LSAT, and God bless her. And I know that experience is not fun at all, but you know, hopefully one of these days she can take a break and get on the back pocket and chop it up with you guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just a couple, couple of, uh, couple of referrals. Those are sweet. Love it. I love those. There's plenty more. There's plenty oh, more. I, I would always yeah. say that's but, a good start. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, next question. Absolutely. So we've been uh, peppering you with questions all day all podcasts so we're gonna open up the floor for if you have any questions for us cool do i have any questions for you okay uh yeah i do have questions for you these boom arms oh these uh the mic booms yes these these, yeah the boom the mic booms um you guys are ordering all this equipment off of amazon correct that's correct wow and i think andrew said it took you guys two years to get all of this equipment to, to figure out figure the right out setup the lighting mm-hmm. look people if you haven't been into the studio this is like legit this is legit if you're blessed enough to get into this studio like it's awesome I've, I've this has been like a great conversation it's an awesome time um i guess the last question i have for you is um where do you guys see the back pocket going in the mm-hmm. next five years that's that's the question that we get the most yeah. out of any time that we sure. uh, yeah and sure. we always get it because we've really we don't set ourselves in saying this is where the podcast is going to be we're going to be the number one podcast in in the U.S. or in the world like we're going to get one billion downloads one billion like, one billion wait yeah. for the sky exactly like we could say all that stuff yeah um, but really we were just chopping it up with Nolan Rockers and just talking about where we see this going is it's loving every aspect of that. 
And within that, what do we love about this most is having people on you like you on the show and unpacking their story and truly being able to show our appreciation and you being able to show all the awesome things you've done and having the ability to push that out to our audience. So where does, is this back pocket heading? It's towards our audience. Sure. We live and breathe through our audience and we are figuring out ways to enhance and embody our audience to grow our business tenfold. And this is through doing our social media that we spend eight hours a piece. You guys are really good at the social media. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Like, you know how to like, do you guys like have someone that is like creating these visuals? Like, uh, I mean, the way you guys create your like, um, you kind of like your promos and like tune in next week to uh, marketing intern spotlight where for this person, you guys like have like the words, like the, like, you know, the subtitles going, yep. then you have like their name and then a cool little font with like the BP on the side. And it's like, everything looks very clean. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you guys, are you oh, two? Well, doing that's that? us. Yeah. yeah. You guys are very good at it. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I think I think that's what's most impressive to me about the back pocket. Besides, like the the dope studio and just like speaking well and articulately um, on the mic, I think one of the most impressive things about the podcast to me is the way you market the podcast and um, on these different outlets through Instagram and you know the funky visuals you have to promote you know a marketing intern or the funky uh, you know just like everything looks clean and like very professional. It looks like you has have like a social media coordinator. Dude, if but we like, are the social media coordinators. <laughs> now learning that it's, it's you guys like doing all that, I mean, you guys have to give me a, a couple of tips on how to, um, I mean, Grace is also great at that too, but yeah. you guys should definitely uh, give me a couple of tips on how to better present um, your brand on social media because yeah. that's, that's the one thing that I'm learning right now. Right, um, and you're tapping on something that's, on, again, like off of what both of you guys are saying is this this movement of your brand a lot of people have one but they don't necessarily know how to do it it. deliver it and a podcast like is just a great catalyst of of a long-form way to like get who jesse is uh, jesse addo is out there sure and we know how to articulate market that put it out in the right areas so now it's more so a guest acquisition is huge but also guest collaboration is also big right and we can create like a production media company or something that could help these people grow their brands absolutely but in a more organic fashion because like you said at the very beginning and pay, bring it all back like we aren't making bags off of p- putting podcasts out like we all did right. this all we've done this all voluntarily and just tested and ever since last year of like february 2018 we posted every single day on instagram if you go back to those posts they're like they're nothing to what they are now yeah. and the hours we put in now and how we learned adobe premiere and right just the consistent grind of trying to get better that stuff is tangible and we want to start collaborating and sharing that with other yeah, that's people that's awesome mm-hmm. like it, it sounds cliche but that process that the trust the process joel and bead sixers like that stuff's real like you really yeah. do have to believe in what you're doing and believe in just the patience persistence consistency that's going to take to get where to get where you want to be obviously do you guys want to be making money from a, a back pocket podcast one day course why wouldn't you guys love this stuff of course like if you're going to be doing something you love and being profitable from it then yes absolutely amen great but um is that going to happen right away probably not you know so um learning and educating yourself and just sticking to it like yokum says keep chopping wood is um is necessary is necessary to get there absolutely dude freaking love that Mm -hmm. this has just been a 
absolute charged conversation. Yeah, You're yeah, a freaking beast, dude. I, I was so it. stoked to talk to you. Um, but we'll finish with one final question. Very present moment question. What did you learn today from the time you woke up to when we're having this conversation now? Oh, what have I learned? I've learned a lot. <laughs> nice, I've learned dude. a lot from this conversation, honestly. I think I'm enlightened walking out of this studio. I'm enlightened. But if I were to pick one, I'll go back to the the studio thing. Like, I... I can't get over this thing. Like, <laughs> I like I've learned that if you want to be serious about a podcast, you know, if you want to be serious in recording music or anything, you have to dedicate a space that is going to serve as this is going to be my recording space. And you know, just just last night, you know, I you know I had you know my brother over for a podcast, and you know I had a, you know roommate come in the room and. You know, it's with his girlfriend, and you know, they're clinking glasses in the kitchen, sitting in the living room, and ha- having their own little podcast soiree. <laughs> having their own—they're literally having a soiree in the living room, and it's like, it's like, wow! Like, I realize this is your space too, but like, recording in progress. But I guess the only way <laughs> to eliminate that issue is to dedicate a space where you're gonna, you know, do your podcast, where you're gonna do your, mm-hmm. you know, record your music or record, you know, anything that is, you know, sound sensitive. You gotta de- dedicate a, a certain space, it's, have a studio, per se, to, you know, accomplish what you need to do without distractions. And so, I, think, I think that's the number one thing on my mind right now. Like, next, next spot, moving out, moving in June. Next Are you spot, gonna be in Uptown still? Or? No, I'm not gonna be in Uptown. I'm not even in Uptown right now. I'm in Northeast right now. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but we'll be actually more west in the burbs golden valley in the house with some uh high school or wyzetta folks uh childhood friends but um yeah definitely gonna have to in that house have to dedicate a spot where it's like hey people this is the this is the this is the radio episode of the podcast podcast room or space one recording is in progress Tread lightly. Tread lightly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, people know. We actually get in our roommate's way because Matt Heron, his room's right below us. So, mm-hmm. And Jack Burke lives across lives the Lives right there. So when we're oh, recording, sure. it, like, if we would have thought this out better, Declan or I would live below and Declan and I would live across. Sure. Yeah. But we live in the corners where, where it's super quiet <laughs> if someone was up here. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I think it's cool that you guys spend a lot of time in here. I think, I bet you guys look forward to spending time in here as we well. We do. This is yeah, really we do. Good vibes room. Well, it used to be re- like not really well designed. Like we, when we first moved in here, we just had like a wooden table we bought on Facebook Marketplace and some wooden chairs, and we mounted these mics right to the table. Oh. And then after season two ended, we scrapped everything. Like literally got everything out of this room, and yeah. then bought these floral chairs from Andrea Toppin, the marketing intern. Like him. And then we went down the street to a um, an antique store and bought that. And then we, you know, we bought the white light on Amazon. We got a Chromecast and a TV up here. We got the GoPro, GoPro. The, this camera that we bought, got this table, that table. We just redid everything because yeah. we were like, we want to make a comfortable environment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And All then right. we had these mounts. We built these mounts, too. Oh, yeah? Engineers. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. What Dally's deck is. Yeah. And, um, I remember the the Grand and Finn house. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, even in, in that house, you guys had, a, like, a little space for the sunroom. Yeah, the sunroom, right? Mm-hmm. Where you had Julie Sullivan and... A, <laughs> we brought Julie there. That was a that, she, that was shell shocking for yeah. her. Yeah, for her. I mean, there were a lot of greats in there though. Yeah. John Abraham. Yeah. This Car- map was in there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. we we stole some things from in there. Yeah. But uh, Jess, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you thank on. Thank you guys, man. This it's been a fun morning. What a day to have a podcast, man. Like, you guys are doing it live, 
with three different guests today. Joey Puck after you. Joey Puck. Yeah. yeah. yeah I got to see that dude before I leave. <laughs> uh, absolutely, I Joey. Bro. But, like, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Like, it's been a pleasure. It's been a long time coming. I've been, I've been wanting to get on the back pocket for so long. Like, God, I have to go chop it up with Andrew and Deck on on the back pocket sometime. So it's it's great to finally be here and on on the mic. It's It's been a pleasure. Thank you, boys. Coast in my heart, right where I meant to from the start. It's so much warmer than the secrets you've been holding in. And don't you look at me sideways with those eyes, always acting like you ain't got the time. I can't imagine trying to carry what you hold inside. But ooh, you got a reason to sing, and ooh, you're finally listening. Cause you can't hold on to what's inside you